the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. This week we look at what Jesus taught about the Holy Spirit. This is the third part in our Holy Spirit series. The main reading is John chapter 16. Amen. Bless the Lord, we've been looking at um, Holy Spirit, uh, who he is, and uh, two weeks ago we looked at uh, the signs and symbols, there are many more, but we looked at five there, wind, fire, oil, water, dove, um, and obviously they give us a, a, a bigger picture of who he is, what his ministry is, what he does, and what he wants to do, um, and last week we looked at, uh, again, the work of the Holy Spirit, he convicts, he convinces, he is the one who regenerates us, then he confirms, he's always explaining and telling us, and uh, confirming is the gospel, then he, he's the one who changes us, and he's the one who gives us abilities, capabilities. Um, and of course, then we looked at, uh, we, t- we talked a little bit about the sevenfold spirit. Sometimes we read that and we think, what is that about? And it's a bit strange, because Revelation, um, and uh, that's again, uh, just a figurative language, seven. Seven is what? God's perfect, perfect number, fullness, wholeness, perfection. And you'll find that um, in Isaiah 11, the seven descriptions of who the Spirit is, what he, what he does. And of course, we must never forget that the Bible, again, gives the Holy Spirit those um, divine attributes so we know who he is. He's not a force. Um, he's not something out there. The Holy Spirit is the part of the Trinity. One essence, three distinct persons. You say, Dave, I don't understand that. Get in the queue. Because that's God's revelation, and we can't fully understand God, can we? No, but we can know him, isn't it? It's like our wives, isn't it? We know them. Understand them? Ooh, careful now. The Bible says he's creator. He was there in Genesis 1. The Bible says he's omnipotent. What does the Bible say? The Holy Spirit will come on you, Mary, and you will give birth to uh, Emmanuel, omnipresent, Psalm 139, what does he say? Where can I go from his spirit? Where can I go? Um, omniscient, well, we'll read these verses in a minute. The spirit is the one who teaches, gives us insight, uh, divine insight. And of course, in uh, Hebrews 9, the Bible says, he is the eternal spirit, eternal spirit. So tonight we're looking at Jesus' teaching on the Holy Spirit. And uh, uh, he said, I'm not going to leave you orphans or comforters. I'm going to send them. We read it last week, John 14. I'm going to send you another comforter like me, exactly like me, not someone different, exactly like me. And, um, and of course, through John 14, 15, 16, as we look at, there are seven things, seven, seven again, manifestations of what and who that he, what he does. And, uh, we're going to look at those tonight. Who he is and what he wants and who we to listen to. And uh, we can we can then test if it's God, if it's the Holy Spirit, or it's someone else. Remember, there's always counterfeit. I was just thinking about Sunday, what I'm going to preach on Sunday night, and I was thinking about the um, there's there's a counter. God releases, God breaks the chains, doesn't He? But there is a counterfeit, of course. The devil always counterfeits. And I was thinking of the madman, madman at beginning mission. Remember, he broke the chains, didn't he? They couldn't shackle him, but it was a counterfeit. Released. It was a counterfeit liberty. Why? Because it, physically he wasn't bound, but spiritually, mentally, emotionally, he was 
filled with bondage. So first thing we notice, we looked a bit last week, he is the one who convicts. He's the one who comes alongside and says, Dave, you're a sinner. He takes hold of God's word, his word, of course, because as we said, it's God breathed. He breathed it out and he applies the word. He's the one that comes alongside and does that. And the great thing about it, that's we're reliant upon him. Our job is to sow, to speak, to shine, but we can't save anyone, can we? I wish we could. You will never debate anyone into the kingdom of God. No, I love a debate. Um, you know, nothing wrong with a debate. But ultimately, unless Holy Spirit takes hold of the word and convicts, and, and it says sin, righteousness, and judgment to come, it'll fall on deaf ears. But when it's touched by God, isn't it amazing? Uh, even even the weakest of us, or we, weakest what we think we are, can be effective. I was thinking about, um, they were saying about uh, Jonathan Edwards, when he preached, he, he didn't look at you because he had really bad eyes and he used to read, this, so they say, they used to read his sermons like this. So you'd read them. And you think, well, how? But, you know, God, the people would be crying out for salvation. Why? Because it's him who does it. What about this? Uh, uh, what our services should be like. 1 Corinthians 14, 24, 26. But if all prophesy and they come in one that believeth not, or one unlearned, he is convinced of all, he is judged of all, and thus are the secrets of his heart made manifest. And so falling down on his face, he will worship God, and report that God is in you of a truth. How is it then, brethren, when you come together, every one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a time, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation, that all things be done unto edifying. So that's, I, 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 I love that verse. Come on, Lord, we need that. When people come, the prophetic word, the word of the Lord, why? It wouldn't, it's obviously obvious because the Holy Spirit is the one who convicts. And if it's from Him, the prophetic word comes and the people are coming in, their, their, their sins of their heart are laid bare. And they say, surely they are convinced. That's the word mean. It means uh, not just uh, con uh, convict, convince, rebuke, refute, expose, convince. Uh, confute is another nice, nice word. Because um, the Bible says, uh, Revelation 3, same word, those whom I love, I rebuke. So now, when, when we talked about conviction last week, remember we said we can either become hard to it, heavy, or we're honest. And you see, if, if there's not any conviction in our lives, then I've, I'm, I'm wondering, Lord, where am I? Because when we're walking with the Lord... We're not under condemnation, are we? Remember, we said the difference, but there's a conviction. Why? Because we're not, we, know we do something, we say something, we're not where we should be. So there's an ongoing. Why? Because the Lord loves us. And we as parents, if we love our children, we don't just let them do as we want, do we? Because you know what? We'll be picking up the tab later on. What does the Bible say? And, 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 uh, and really... His ruly son is a, um, is, is a grief to a mother. Didn't say much about the father. I think he might have. <laughs> but a, a grief to the mother, isn't it? Sorrow to the mother. Um, so we, he's a convict. He's a convincer. How about this? Uh, Hebrews 12, 5 to 8. And you have wronged with the encouragement of the your sins. My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline. And do not lose heart when he rebukes you. Because the Lord disciplines those he loves. He punishes everyone he accepts as a son. 
Indeed, what hardship is disciplined by his treating you as sons. For what son is not disciplined by his father? If you are not disciplined, and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are illegitimate children and not true sons. He's reminding them. It's God's hand upon you. It's, it's God's blessing upon you that he rebukes you. And he, he, he convicts you. So there's, there's, that's his work. The Holy Spirit's work is to come alongside. Remember, para, paraclete, come alongside, comfort us, but also to convict us. Come on, Dave. Come on. And uh, sometimes, you know, we have a, a sometimes we, we minimize Jesus and the awesomeness of God. He's a great God. He loves us, doesn't he? But he's not averse. Be careful now. We don't. He's not averse to giving us a, a quick clip. Now, some of us don't like that kind of thinking, but he does, doesn't he? Because some of us, that's what we need sometimes, isn't he? He knows what we need. Sometimes we need an arm around our, our shoulder. Sometimes we need a pat on the back. Sometimes we need a pat on the back a little bit lower down, a little bit harder, don't we? And But God's good. He does that. He's a, but the Bible says also, the, the thing is, when we are walking with the Lord, if you've been in the presence of someone who's walking with the Lord, what happens to you? Oof, wait a minute now. There's conviction on you, isn't there? Why? Because that's the, we are the aroma of Christ, the fragrance, life and death, depending where we are. But the Bible also says of us, rebuke each other. If, if you see your brother's in sin, go alongside him. Don't blare, blare it and gossip about it, didn't it? Go alongside him and say, I don't think that's right, Dave. Come on. And of course, the Bible is full of, um, of certainly for leaders to, to get alongside and, and rebuke and reprove and convict. Why? Because just want people to run hard after the Lord. And that's what the Lord wants. So he's the one who, who, who convicts us, prods us. So there's his first work, convicts. Then the Holy Spirit is a, the one who testifies, who witnesses of Jesus. She, the, the, the Holy Spirit's job is to point to Jesus in us through his word um, uh, the Bible we, we've looked on Sunday morning that the, the, the disciples many many times says we are what witnesses that's what we're about we saw it with our eyes and when they said you better shut up they said how can we stop talking about what we've seen and heard so he is the one who testifies John 15 26 27 and when they have offense, he might just send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. And you also will bear witness that you have been with me from the beginning. Listen to then again a title there we have, Spirit of Truth. He'll always lead the truth. Why? Because he remember he's the author of truth, and he's the one who testifies. But remember the combination there. That he says, you will be my witnesses. You will testify. So he gives us the ability to witness for the Lord. What he's done in your life that you can share. What he means to you. The prayer, prayers he's answered. The, the peace you, you receive. That the people should be able to see that, shouldn't they? Should be able to see that. He testifies um, of Jesus. Hebrews 10. The Holy Spirit also testifies us about this. First he says, This is the covenant I will meet with them. After that time, said the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts, and I will write them on their minds. 
then he had with the eyes. The sins of Lord's acts are remembered in The Spirit testifies um, to the word, the promises of God. The Spirit of, of the Lord testifies about the salvation that we have. Uh, 1 John 5, what does the Bible say? The Spirit is the one who bears witness, and the Spirit is truth. The gifts of the Spirit are not for um, elevation of man. If they ever are, then we're in real trouble. But the, the gifts of the Spirit are to testify uh, the, the validity of the gospel of who Jesus is. That's what they're for, aren't they? To bring people, to just, just glorify the Lord, really, because it's him. And remember, you, we looked last week about the, the, the book of Acts, why they were used so much, because there was no glory in themselves. They, they said, whoa, 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 whoa. This is not us. This is in the name of Jesus. This is by him. And remember when Paul and... Um, Barnabas, they, they, they could, he could see that man was had faith to be healed. He lifted him up, and then the, the, the temple of, of the Greek Zeus and, and uh, what was the other one? They were they were sacrificed, and he came out and said, "Ah, don't! This is not, no, this is stupid. This is what we're trying to turn you from." He said, he "said This is what the Lord is trying to turn you from. The true and living God. We are nobodies, but we come in the name of the Lord. He is the one who testifies." to him, um, being a witness. I love that. We looked at the other day about that lady, um, at the woman at the well. And the Bible says, same word, we believe you because of your witness, your testimony. And the great thing about a testimony is you, there's no argument with it, isn't it? People can say, well, I'm about this, about, oh, what about this bit in the Bible? What about that in the Bible? But you can say, look, this is who I am. This is where I was. And this is where I am now. Christ has met me. I know that I'm forgiven. I know why I'm here. I know I'm on the way to heaven. I know. And you see, that's sometimes the greatest, greatest weapon we have, isn't it? Just a, a testimony, a witness uh, uh, for who, what Christ has done. Holy Spirit then takes hold of that and takes hold of us and makes us a great witness. How about the next one? Glorifying Christ. What means magnify him, bringing him praise and honor. People say, is it wrong to worship the Holy Spirit? No, because he is, um, he's, he's part of the Trinity. But, he's, he's God. But, you see, what he will do, he will always bring, he will always turn the magnification on to Jesus, glorifying Jesus. That's his work. He brings no glory to himself. He's the executive member of the Holy Spirit who works out the word of God, the word of God, and brings uh, our attention, distinctly works to glorify him. Not man, not a church, not a denomination, not anyone else but Jesus. That's why we can say, when we look at, uh, when people say there's a move of God, fine, test it, test it. Does it? testify? Does it glorify Jesus? If it glorifies a person, then we've got to be, now we've got to be, be careful there because the trouble is human nature is that we add, we build someone up, don't we? Um, and it's not necessarily their fault. Well, we've got to say that because when God moves, sometimes human nature said, oh, that person's wonderful. And, and of course they, they may be wonderful, but remember it's the Holy Spirit 
work in him. I think it was, um, he said to D.L. Moody, why do we need to bring D.L. Moody here? Any, any one of us can, uh, anyone, all of us have got the Holy Spirit. And then one person said, but does the Holy Spirit have all of you? That was a great. We all have the Holy Spirit, but does the Holy Spirit have all of you? Glorifies Christ. Glorifies Christ. Um, let's read those verses. Um, 2 Corinthians 3, 16, 17. 16, 17, 18, sorry. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, that we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image, from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. See, when the Spirit of the Lord is liberty, there's a release. Remember, anything that binds us, God wants to release us. Why? Because we bring glory to him. And then his work, we are changed from glory into glory. Why? To magnify Jesus. So people can see us and they say, what is the difference in you, Dave? And we say, well, you know who it is? It's Jesus. The Bible says, give a reason for the hope that's within us. With meekness and gentleness, pointing people to Jesus, magnifying him, glorifying him. I just we, we talked about the um, the effects of Pentecost on Sunday, and we talked about the change in the in their purpose, in their perspective, and I think about their passion, and um, when they were persecuted, the Bible says they rejoiced. Then in Acts five, the Bible says they went in again before the Saint Andrew, and they said, they said, we told you to shut up. And they said, how can we not speak and tell about the Lord? Well, we should obey God, not you. And uh, the Bible says they were just, they were really, they were fuming. They, they were going to kill them. And then a man called Gamaliel said, whoa, whoa, whoa down, slow down. He said, no. He said, this, if this is of God, we can't fight it. If this is not of God, it'll dissipate. But even they got them back in, the Bible says they flogged them. And, and, and that was painful. They Beat them. And the Bible says, as they went, they began to praise the Lord. What a change. Who is that? Naturally, we'd have thought, I'm going to get my own back. And we'd have been mourning and groaning about the, our bad back. And we'd have been mourning to God. God, why do you let us go through this difficulty? We are doing your work. We are we're doing your will. Why have you let us do this? But the Bible says they praise the Lord. Because they've been found faithful and worthy to be persecuted for the Lord. What a change. Why? Because the Holy Spirit was in them to glorify Christ. To glorify Christ. Acts 4, 31-33. And when they had prayed, a priest was shaken, when they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. And the multitude of them the power of the Holy Spirit when he comes into us. Remember we said the change, the um, power of God, commitment to each other, to the Lord, community. Nothing they owned was theirs. Why? Because the Holy Spirit, they were glorifying Christ. Christ. What did Christ do? You are. Give. What I received, I give to you. So he glorifies. Then he's our teacher. 
He's our teacher. Lord, I don't understand this. Well, ask, ask the Holy Spirit to teach you. He is the teacher. Um, thankfully, the Bible, Jesus pre-warns them, says, look, this is what's going to happen. And this is the promise, and we'll see it fulfilled. Um, Luke 12, 11 to 12. In Luke 4, before rulers and authorities, do not worry about how you will defend yourselves or what you will say. The Holy Spirit will teach you at the time what you should say. Difficulty. And thankfully, that was God's promise. And it wasn't too long where they had to fulfill that, didn't they? They had to, because just not long after, day of Pentecost, a couple of months later, Bible says, Peter stood up and began to preach the gospel. Um, and then they brought him for the Sanhedrin, remember? And uh, they took that, that, that verse now was becoming a reality. See, what the Holy Spirit does, it takes God's word and makes it a reality in our lives. Because we, we know some of that. We know the promises of God, don't we? We know God's word. And, and the great thing about it is God wants to make it real to me and you. Not just, now the Bible says, put it in there, feed yourself. So you, the Lord, because we'll just see it about remembering in a minute, put it into your heart so God can bring it out and make it a reality. As we talked last week about um, praising the Lord in all things, even in those difficult things. He is the one who teaches us. And Peter stood up and says, well, you know, this Christ, he wasn't, uh, oh, you crucified, look at him straight in the eye, but risen from the dead, no other name given unto him, oh, salvation in only him, he said. And remember we said, the Bible said, that they, they looked at these men, they were marveled. They marveled at their boldness. And they knew they were idiotes. They knew they were uneducated. Uneducated men. But now the Holy Spirit was taking hold of these men and speaking the word of God. I think the story about one of the Jeffrey brothers, um, many years ago, the Lord used him mightily in miracles. And uh, one of the Jeffrey brothers had a friend, and he was a, he was a bishop. And uh, he had his DD, Dr. Divinity, quite a clever guy. And he would go uh, along to the meeting, evangelist, uh, Stephen or George, not sure which one it was. And he would be preaching, and he would be uh, preaching the word and, uh, and explaining the words really well. And, and the bishop would go back home and, and uh, just check him, check him up. And you know what? Out of his preaching, he would be um, expounding the Greek and, and the Hebrew of that particular word, get into the root of the word. And he knew Jeffreys, although not an, an, an educated man, was no scholar in Greek or Hebrew. You know why? Because when the Holy Spirit grabs a hold of us, he's the author and he can use us. And uh, that's amazing, isn't it? That God can take hold of us. And uh, you, he's the one who teaches us. What about these verses? 1 Corinthians 2. 9 to 13. However, as it is written, no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. 
This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. Amen. God is the one, Holy Spirit is the one who teaches. Why? Because he knows everything. He's, he's divine, of course. That's why he knows everything. He wouldn't be divine otherwise. So he knows everything and he teaches us. And there he's talking about eternity. No eye is seen, no ear is heard. And we, we uh, although we see by the glass darkly, we know the wonder of e eternity ahead of us. We know the certainty of eternity. And we know we are, we are safe for eternity. Uh, but he's then, he says, now, this is not just, you see, you, you can't, tell and save this he said but you've got to understand it by spiritual ways not taught by human wisdom by 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 the spirit and he says look we can see spiritually that's why we see past the headlines and we see the spiritual forces behind those things that's what it means to see spiritually doesn't it we can we we look and we think that's awful what on earth's happening yet we can see the, the enemy behind it, we can see the prince of this world with his sticky fingers influencing and, and uh, distorting and blinding people's eyes. So we see differently. And again, as we said last time, we see people differently. We can see sometimes an obnoxious person with their life in a mess and all those kind of things. But Jesus, we see spiritually. We see past that to a lost person with a brokenness that God only can save and fill and change. Seeing spiritually, he's the one who teaches us. Sometimes things we, we say, Lord, please teach me. Amazing how God reveals those things. Sometimes we get it instantaneously. Sometimes it takes a while. Sometimes we come along and someone will say something and think, ah, oh, that's what it means. We listen to God's word. We listen to preaching. Sometimes God will just, as we study, as we apply ourselves because God wants us to just do that, isn't he? Get, 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 your, get your fork out. Get your spade out and begin to dig a bit. I'm amazed. And you know, those things that God teaches you personally, uh, you will remember far more than I'll teach you because you've dug them yourself. God has revealed them to you. Amazing. Teacher. He's the teacher. What about this? Is good for some of us. Um, he's the one who reminds us the power of our memories. Bless the Lord. Uh, that's good, isn't it? We need that. And God is the God who does that. John 14, 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, who the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. He will teach you, but he will bring to remembrance. And that's why it is good to get into God's word. Good to, rem to memorize God's word. Good to meditate on God's words because he's the one who takes order and reminds us. Um, some of us have got good memories. Some of us have, I was just talking to, <laughs> we outside, I, was, I came back and a couple of chaps were talking, older guys, and the one, um, he can talk. Um, this. But he, he got a great memory. He was talking about his parents and his grandparents. And, and you know, God, when we say about God's word, you know, some people have got some great memories, haven't they? And it can pinpoint certain things. But the Holy Spirit is the one who brings those things back to us. Sometimes, especially in those times when we need him to. When we need him. But he can't remind us of that which we've not put in there. Yeah? So if we've not put it in, we're, he's going to have a difficulty reminding us. Now, the great thing, he's, he is sovereign, and sometimes he can override that and drop a verse in that we've heard many about. But I'll primarily put it in, 
God will remind us, remind us. How about this one? He will unveil, unveil Scripture. That's what he does. Uh, John, we just read it, John 16, 13. When he, when he comes, the Spirit of truth, he will guide you into all truth. He will speak not of his own, he will speak of what he hears. He will tell you what is to come. Well, of course, the disciples wrote the New Testament, had to bring it and, and put it per se, but he will unveil Scripture to us. That's his job. But also, he will unveil prophecy. You see, in, in the last, I suppose, few hundred years, well, maybe not that long, um, I was listening to a guy the other day, and I was disappointed with what he said, but anyway, that's by the by. Um, we've seen a, a, a returning to what the prophetic means. Not just the prophetic in, in, in the house of God, the return to the gifts, but the biblical prophecy of what's happening in the future, what's going to happen in the future. Some have said, well, I'm not sure about that. But we've seen it outwork, didn't we? As soon as we saw Israel restored as a nation, we thought, wait a minute now, this is no history book. This is not something that we, we, we make figurative. No, 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 no. The prophetic, is, he said, this is what's going to happen. Now, when we read Revelation, you think, dear me, that is some serious stuff, what's going to happen to the world, isn't it? Really serious. But remember, that's what God says is going to happen. And prophecy, unveiling prophecy. Why? Because he's the author of the scriptures, author of, of prophecy. Uh, 2 Peter 1. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of scripture came about the prophets of interpretation. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Prophecy is carried along, moved by the Holy Spirit. It doesn't have its origin in us, but in Him, in Him. Now, that doesn't mean every prophecy is, is true. The Bible says, test it, don't despise it. Don't pray, but no, test it. Let's see what it says. Um, and, and sometimes we can say, well, it's coming from a, a, a rotten source. Be careful with that. And there's, there's, you've got to check the source. But you know what? I'm, I'm amazed of who God can use. Anyway, you can be careful. Just test the prophecy. But that's what he wants to do. He wants to unveil Scripture. He wants to unveil what's going to happen. Uh, so we're not taking unawares, the Bible says, are we? We're not taking unawares. We know what's going to happen. He's going to come like a thief in the night, but not for us. Because we, we can see. We are ready. We are watchful, the Bible says. We are watching and waiting. So we can see. We can see the signs of the times. And we are just alert, ready, preaching the gospel, doing what we should be doing. As they said to um, John Wesley, this is your last day on earth. What would you do different, John? Nothing, he said. Nothing different. I don't know about me and you. I can think of a lot of things I would be doing. Ringing, telling, speaking. Um, but he said, I'll be doing what I'm doing now. So that's it. And of course, when we are lost and lonely, he's our guide. He's our guide. Why? Because he's with us. He's our comfort. He's, he's paraclete. He's with us. Never leaving us. He's coming alongside us. Or that we would, as we, Galatians says, keep in step with him. Follow him. Let him lead. We're not in front. We ever get in front, we're in trouble, aren't we? Um, but this is the promise of God to us. How about Romans 8, 12 to 16? Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. 
for if you may according to the flesh, you will die. But if you if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sins of God. For you do not receive the Spirit of bondage again to fear, but you receive the Spirit of adoption by whom you cry out at the Father. The Spirit himself is witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So he confirms that we are his and we are led. And the Bible is very clear. If we are not led by him, we are still in our old, old state, running our own ways, living according to the flesh, and we are not his. He says that if we don't have the spirit of Christ, we are not his. Great verse for um, Jehovah's Witnesses. If we don't have Christ in us, we are not his. Um, some, again, for the cults who say the Holy Spirit is a force and not a person, of course, it's very difficult. Uh, in John 14, 15, 16, even in their Bible, they give him the personal pronoun, he. Well, obviously, if he's a he as a person. But uh, Acts 5 is a great chapter where Ananias and Sapphira came in and Peter's saying, you've lied to God. Then a couple of verses, oh, he lied to the Holy Spirit. Then he says, you lied to God, equating Holy Spirit with God. Three, four, and five, the verses there. So he's the one who guides us. And we see, begin to read again, um, obviously, Jesus, the Bible said he was led of the Spirit. He did nothing, only what the Father said to him. First, he was led into the, into the desert. Why am I going to the desert? No one there, nothing there, but dry barrenness. But God was going to uh, perfect who he was, because then the Bible says he comes back, not just filled, but in the power of the Spirit. Why? Because he's been obedient. And uh, it's amazing where Jesus, uh, the Holy Spirit, will lead us. Now, there's a bit of sanctified common sense, but there's sometimes where we don't understand. Um, as we'll read in a moment, uh, in Acts 8, Philip was doing an amazing work there. He was in revival in Samaria. People were getting saved. The disciples came down. They were filled with the Spirit. And it was going fantastic. And then listen to what happens. Um, Acts 8, 26, 29. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out on his way, he met an Ethiopian, a eunuch, an important official in charge of all, these of all the treasury of the Kandik, which means the Queen of Ethiopia. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The Spirit told him to go to that chariot and stay near it. In the middle of revival, the Lord says, get down on that desert road. <laughs> now, the first thing, I'm thinking, no, that's not the Lord. That's me. That's it was certainly not me. That's the devil trying to get me out of this place. But he was obedient. And as he was going along the road, probably not knowing why he was there, a chariot came. And the Bible says, catch it up. So he's pretty fit, isn't he? If you ask me to run, he'd have to slow the chariot down. So he's running alongside because the Spirit of the Lord is leading him. And what happens? He leads the Chancellor of the Exchequer of one of the great nations, Ethiopia, to the Lord. And the gospel goes to another continent. Why? Because someone was led and guided by Holy Spirit. And so we say, day by day, Lord, help me to be guided. Help me to see people differently, see spiritually, see people's needs, speak the word of the Lord to them, and you, Holy Spirit, give me those words for them. 
And you know what? We, we sometimes, we don't have to be spooky about this, do we? Just be naturally supernatural. See, sometimes it's just breaking us. How are you doing? And uh, some people will just lay, tell you all their troubles, won't they? Some people. I'm thinking, I wish I had asked. <laughs> That's my flesh then. And you know what? It's amazing. The Lord's, sorry about that. You know, we're in church, we, we, can we pray for you? Just those little things, just bringing the Lord in. Or there might be a time where they, there's a time where you can speak the gospel into their lives. Um, just be led and guided by him. Led and guided by him. That's a great thing. God longs to do that. When we need um, to know where to go, God, help me. Help me. I put my life in your hands. Guide me, Lord. Um, so often... Uh, we want God to guide us in our direction. No, no, no. He guides us and leads us in uh, those ways that we sometimes are difficult. I just finished a book, picked it up from there. I think it was given to Daniel. I think you read it before about the Muslim woman who came to the Lord. And she was from a well-to-do family. But you know, because she came to the Lord, she had to leave it all behind. Leave it all bad. Now, she could have stayed there because the family said, well, don't say anything about the Lord and we, we, you know, we'll protect you. She said, how can I not talk about him? I've met him. He's touched me. In fact, she was healed by the Lord. She said, I've got to tell about the Lord. He's asked me to go and speak and tell people about Jesus. We cannot be quiet. And they said, well, okay, that's, if that's the case, you're dead to us. Wow. You've got to make sure you're being led then, haven't you? But you know what? To do his work, to be his people, we are, are the guarantee of him leading and guiding us. Why? Because we're his children. And we as parents don't want our children messing up, do we? Because so often we've got to pick the bill up. So maybe that might be the case, but he doesn't want that for us. He wants to guide us in those right ways, those straight paths. Oh, help us to ask him, Holy Spirit, to be all those things he can be. That's what Jesus said he would do. So we can guarantee that and ask him, Lord, come in, fill me. We, and that's what we need, don't we? The baptism is with me, filled day by day so we can be all those things. He can do all those things for us. Bless the Lord. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. To find out more about our church, including our service times, visit www.oakdalechristiancentre.org.